This is Claiming Your Voice with Janice Garrard. In this podcast, I feature guests with passionate stories of hope, inspiring others to claim their voice in a world where we can be bold together. Tonight, my guest is Claire Magenheimer. She is a recent graduate of the Jay Shetty Certification School and is becoming a somatic breathwork practitioner. Claire is also a Korean adoptee. She's a single mom, and she experienced a spiritual awakening recently, which led her on a path to healing. And her mission is to empower clients by partnering with them to navigate the distinctive challenges and emotional complexities that can come with being an adoptee. And she wants to help people to rewrite their story and align with their true identity and to clear out stress. Claire, welcome this evening and thank you for being a guest. Thank you so much, Janice. I'm really happy to be here with you. And I'm happy to have you here. I wanted to know what led you to become a certified Jay Shetty follower. Oh my gosh, that is a great question. You know, what led me to follow Jay Shetty, I think what it was, I just truly resonated with his message and his, his mission. And it's to change the world. He sends out this message to the world about personal development and self-love and relationships and you know his background he studied as a monk for many years and so he really learned a lot of the skills that you would need to have this kind of a mindset you know studying meditation is all about connecting with your body with your mind with the universe everything around you and just looking at everything and it's so beautiful to me and so when i saw him when i saw jay on social media, on YouTube, her listening to his podcast, I just immediately resonated with the message that he was putting out there. And so when I saw that he was part of this movement to change the world through, you know, having more coaches and more people sending out this message into the world, I just knew that I had to be part of the movement. You know, that's really interesting. I wonder, connected with the message and how much of that do you feel like being a Korean adoptee played into that? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Being a Korean adoptee, who a lot of it for me, and I would say more on this part of my journey. I've been, I would say that I've been on this journey, this journey for self-love, acceptance, and just understanding my identity for I say at least seven years now, but it goes way back. I mean, it just doesn't all of a sudden start. So all of the um, lived experiences that I was having as a Korean adoptee, it was, you know, I was just collecting all of these, you know, emotions and feelings and thoughts. And then it was all being stored inside of my mind and my body. And, and so what kind of connected me to his message as a Korean adoptee, I would say it was when I was coming out of the fog and I was now all of these big emotions and big feelings were emerging about my identity, about my loss of my birth mother, having all of these big feelings, having to deal with them and not growing up, I did not have any way to process through these feelings. No one told me how to, I didn't have language even to express what I was feeling. And so for me to be able to have tools like Jay has taught a lot of tools, how to connect with your mind and how to 
process your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts, and how to really remove some of the blocks that you have had standing in your way your entire life. And so that was huge for me because there were times in my life where I just did not understand what I was going through. And I felt completely alone in going through that. I did not have anyone I could talk to about it. And so, I mean, starting therapy for me was huge. When I came out of the fog, it was about seven years ago and I experienced this, you know, I guess I was kind of thrown out of the fog. It was really triggered by a sense of loss. And for the first time I understood that I, everything that all of my behaviors, my thoughts, my patterns, a lot of it was coping mechanisms that I had built because of my grieving, my fear of abandonment, and I'm sure you understand a lot of these same feelings. And so by me having all of these put out there, it was just so raw. Like I had all these open wounds and I, it was really, really hard. So I didn't know how to deal with that. And so for the first time, I understood that that was something that I was even dealing with because I had, you know, repressed it, suppressed it for so long. I didn't even understand that that was something that I was going through. So then I went into sought out therapy and I just really went into this full-on exploration of my identity about loss and grieving my birth mother and not only that grieving the loss of you know since I'm a transnational transracial adoptee the loss of my language the loss of my culture the loss of my nation you know nationality and my people so I was experiencing this in a way that I had started to connect some of the feelings I had had my whole life. Like I went around thinking I was just broken and I had really focused on this part of my body and my heart that I felt like I had like this hole in my heart. And I had just, no matter what I did, no matter what I tried to chase after, you know, to fill this, it was just this need that I needed to fill. I never truly felt happy. I never felt whole. I never felt complete. I never felt um, validated. And I didn't know what it was this whole life. And I just thought it was, I was broken. And a lot of it, I understand now it was shame. I was dealing with, you know, and a lot of times, you know, we go through trauma, we internalize it and it is internalized as shame. And I know that that is something that I'm not the only one who struggles with that. I mean, shame is something, a feeling, an emotion that we all deal with and something that's very unique to adoptees. You know, we carry this shame of being relinquished. A lot of the shame I felt was from growing up in a an all white community and being Asian, it was really hard because I faced a lot of racism. It was racism from everywhere, Every everyone, you know, my peers, my friends, teachers, family members. And a lot of it was just, I internalized it. I didn't even know, I didn't, like I said before, I didn't have language to even express what it was, but I had no one to talk to about it. And I didn't even know I should be talking about it. I felt like I was bad, you know, so this is what shame does to us. And, you know, knowing now, I, I truly think the antidote to shame is just self-love and acceptance and sharing your story and being able to be heard and be seen and be validated and have compassion and empathy. So when we talk about it in places like this, this is why I support your podcast so much and I love what you're doing. And I just everyone out there that is 
creating a space or a container for adoptees to share their stories because part of healing process is listening to other people's stories and being able to talk about our own stories, not necessarily so that people can hear my story and say, oh, that's what I need to do to heal myself, or this is where I'm going to be in seven years, because that's not that's not their story. This is my story, and this is unique to me. But what I know about sharing my story, that it is healing me, and it's healing my shame, and it's helping me to really figure out who I am. It reminds me that I am you know, looking back on my journey when I started, I am so empowered. I'm in a state now where I feel so empowered because of the things that I've gone through and the lessons that I've learned and having to go through struggle after struggle after struggle, it was really hard. And so it reminds me that here I am today, even though I have hard times, I have a lot of still things that I have to deal with that, you know, it's not all sunshines and rainbows and butterflies. Every day is a challenge, but you know what? Um, you know, like I kind of adopted this mentality. It's you've heard of the 1% rule where it's not about just, you know, being perfect or, you know, improving everything or just making huge progress all the time because it does take time, but it's also just about being a little bit better each day and learning from what I've been through and learning from what other people have been through and what they share. So that's something that I have um, really embraced is my, you know, just becoming empowered to be able to be at this place where now I can share my story, like with you and all of your listeners. And like a, wh- a while ago, I would never have been able to do this. I wouldn't have been in a place where I felt comfortable being heard and being seen. And this is something that I feel is very empowering just to be able to share my story. I think one thing that I hear from people when they tell their story is that they find out they're not alone. And by listening to other people's stories, it's kind of like, hey, I'm not alone. And like when you said, I didn't have language for that, you know, losing a culture, losing our birth parents, everything was taken from us. And we didn't have language for that. And thank goodness there's uh, researchers now that have come out with that, giving us that language. And we talk about a third space. I wanted to bring this up is that we have this third space. It's like adopted people. We live in this in-between space, and especially we who have been transnationally adopted, we're not really, we don't really belong to this culture. We don't really belong to our own culture. We're here in the middle somewhere where we are a combination of both. And I think the thing about that third space is that if we all can maybe look at that and embrace it, it can be a beautiful thing. And it's claiming a new identity then. So, which is something that I think you had said, you're talking about aligning with our true identity. So maybe you have an opinion on that then, where our true identity maybe is that we have maybe morphed into having a third space. Yeah, that is so interesting, Janice. Talking about this third space and this shared, this commonality that we all have with this space where we don't quite fit in here, we don't quite fit in there, but there's something so powerful whenever I connect with another adoptee. We, we could be at different places in the world. We could be totally different lives, you know, different people, different stories, different backgrounds, every, but we have this one thing in common. And it always, I feel like there's this pull towards other adoptees. It's like this knowing that we, no matter what, we have this one shared experience. And that 
it's part of our identities. However, we, you know, our identities are constantly changing. And so having, you know, alignment with your identity, I feel like it's something that, you know, it's a journey, of course, and coming out of the fog for me, it, it totally shifted my thinking about who I am. And I was so lost. Like I, had no idea if you had asked me 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, who am I like, who are you? I don't even know because I would, you know, question that all the time. And I think that's something that a lot of adoptees also probably go through. Having this space where we are all adoptees, we can share our feelings and everything like that in a safe space is so important. But I think that just connection is so important, you know, and that's something that I, I think I've touched on, like I was filling this void and this need inside of me that I felt disconnected. I didn't fit in anywhere. So that is probably a very common thing for other adoptees. I constantly, I don't know if I can describe it any better, but I was constantly searching for home. I, no matter where I was, where I lived, who I was around, I just didn't feel like I was home. I always felt like a stranger, like a foreigner, a visitor. Even now, like I, I, you know, I, sometimes I kind of wonder, you know, where do I want to, you know, settle down? And do I want to be just a, a nomad, you know, and travel around the world? And that's something that I've tested out. And, you know, it doesn't make that feeling go away. And I think that just having a sense of, home is just finding that within yourself. I feel like that's done with just connection. And part of that is kind of my spiritual awakening that I experienced this connection where it was more than just me. It was being connected to something bigger than me, something, you know, out there in the universe that was, it was just so beautiful when I had this, because then I really truly felt like I was a part of something greater than me. I had a purpose and it wasn't just me going through this life. I questioned whether or not I should even be here. Like I was really questioning, like, am I supposed to be in this world on this earth? And I really explored that because I did not feel like I fit. I felt like I should be in a different universe or different, like, um, you know, somewhere else, but here, I just didn't feel like I was home anywhere. So having that third space like you're talking about is definitely something that I have come to find very comforting and knowing that there's other people sharing this space and something about sharing space is more, you know, like also holding space for people when when we're um, going through life and we're trying to you know, exper um, share experiences, tell our stories. It's often hard to share that on a, in a space with someone who doesn't really truly get you, who is sometimes judgmental, sometimes whatever you say might trigger them. And this I find talking about, you know, in spaces outside of adoptee spaces, like, you know, with my adopted family or other people who have don't have this experience as the adoptee. And so that's another benefit of, you know, being in the space with other people. It's just a, a safe space for me. And I feel like there's no judgment and there's no, um, no one's going to react negatively. And I feel totally supported and just validated here. I'm glad that you find that, that you found that uh, validation and that space to feel validated. And by being on this podcast, I want to uh, be supportive of all of the people that listen that might have been going through similar situations that you have gone through. Um, I want to talk about the somatic breath work. Can you talk about that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Somatic breathwork has been something that I discovered uh, later on in my journey, to be honest, just about a year and a half ago. Soma means your body. And what we all do is we carry stress in our body, just everyday stress from, you know, driving to work, just relationships, um, you know, emotional, everything is stressful. And the stress gets trapped in our body. Also, trauma. Um, have you ever heard of the book, The Body Keeps the Score? We know that there is trauma associated with, you know, losing a birth mother. And so no matter what age we're at, it is like a imprint on our body. The trauma is left behind. And so all of these things that I was experiencing was stored in my body. And I was just unaware of it for so long. And then when I started to come out of the fog and be like, oh, like, you know, how can I start to get away from these heavy feelings like I was depressed, I was anxious, I was, you know, all of the things I had been suppressing for so long, it needed to come out, but I had no way of doing it. I had no tools, I didn't know what to do. And then it was affecting my thoughts because I was then, you know, if you're, if you're feeling um, shame, you're feeling grief, you're feeling sadness, you're feeling all of those things, then you start to make up stories in your head. Because when I was feeling all those things, at first, I was just suppressing it. And I was coping with it by I had addictions. The somatic breath work helps to bring up a lot of the stress and clear it out from your body using breathing techniques. And what I found is that you know, it doesn't make the feelings go away, but it helps me to disconnect from the feelings that I have in my body and the emotions that I'm having and my thoughts, like the stories that are playing in my mind. Because what I know is that we are not our thoughts, we're not our emotions and we're not our feelings. They're just things that are happening to us. And when we can step back and look at them objectively, we can learn from that and we can grow from that because then we have the power to be able to change the story. Breathwork is huge and it really helps me to stay aligned with how I want to feel, who I want to be in the world and just how I want to show up. So if I'm being honest, like I do this every day as um, a practice, is a daily practice, just like meditation or, you know, and it's moving the breath and all of the stuff through my body so that I can clear out the negative emotions, those bodily sensations, so that I can then bring in more intentional feelings that I want to feel. And so something like, you know, I would, you know, do a daily breathwork practice for about maybe 10 minutes each morning. And, you know, just doing that clears me. And then I can go into a meditation if I want to, or I can just start my day thinking, how do I want to feel? I want to feel empowered. I want to feel like my voice matters. I want to feel happy as I go through my day. Instead of when I woke up, I was experiencing stress or anxiety and I was feeling sadness, whatever it is. So that kind of in a nutshell is what somatic breathwork is all about. And part of this is just, you know, it's resetting the nervous system. So when we have you know, our nervous system, you know, our thoughts and our emotions, tend to put us sometimes into a dysregulated state, like our fight or flight. You know, we're naturally, you know, some of us actually live in a fight or flight sympathetic nervous system state. 
our whole lives. So we're constantly in that. And that's like producing a lot of cortisol in our bodies. It's not good. It's not healthy. And when we do that, we don't have a way to regulate ourselves. Then it's all of the emotions get suppressed and it can lead to disease actually. And it's really not healthy. So by being able to regulate from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic state, the rest and relax and digest state, then being able to self-regulate and go between the two states is very healthy and it leads to homeostasis. And that is something that is talked about if you've ever read the book by Peter Levine, it's Waking the Tiger. And he talks about um, somatic experiencing. And he says that we need a way to discharge what is no longer serving us and find a more evolved pattern within ourselves to grow. Because what he did was he studied these animals like the impala and a polar bear and what they're out in the wild and the nature, you know, they're hunted. And so when they're hunted and they go through a very stressful state, just like if we were being hunted by a bear, like we would go into our fight or flight would kick in depending on how we react, we would go into that state. And then afterwards, what, you know, the impala would actually play dead and that was their way of survival so they would play dead like everything their heart rate would slow down their breathing would stop and so their predator would think that they're dead and leave them alone and once they left them alone and they walked away then the impala would come back into their body and their natural instinct as this animal is to shake it off first they start with deep belly breaths move the stress out of their body and then shake it off and then after that, they would just get up and walk away like nothing ever happened. The stress, all of that left their body. And that's amazing, you know, that animals are able to do that. Humans don't have a way. No one teaches us how to do that. So this is what I've taught myself through the somatic breath work is to have a way to release that, those emotions and those stress from my body. So then I can go along with my day and not feel that it's not trapped like a lot of the trauma and stuff that was stored for like 49 years. When I started to do somatic breath work um, practicing, I, for the first time, I felt such a release. You know, it could be scary for people because people who are suppressing, like they don't wanna feel that way, right? But when it started to come up, I was able to look at it objectively and see what was truly blocking me. What were my fears? What were my things that I, were my triggers and something like my fear of being seen that was a huge one and i went my whole life with this fear like i couldn't even you know answer a question in class when i was a student because i would have this fear that people were judging me and would laugh at me and i couldn't use my voice and i know this is a big one with a lot of adoptees a lot of my clients they have some of these same fears and this impacted my life so negatively because i wasn't able to do the things that I want to do, like um, get up and speak in front of people. It just was like out of the question. If I had to do it, I would actually like disassociate from my body. It was so scary for me. Like I just wouldn't remember what was happening afterwards. I would be like, I don't know what I said, but I, I guess I gave the speech and people said I did it and it all worked out. But like, I don't remember it. I was like disassociating. But now what I'm able to do through bringing up some of my fears that are blocking me, I'm able to look at them. And what I can do is 
think about what is the felt sensation in my body. So when I feel it, I feel like it in my chest and in my throat is like constriction in my throat. And then my palms get sweaty and my heartbeat, my heart starts racing. And then all of a sudden it goes into my fear. Like, oh my God, I'm so scared. I can't do this. I can't do this. And then it goes up into my head. I start making a story. And that's what we do. We start making a story. And my story is that people will laugh at me or people will judge me or they'll think I'm stupid or I'll say the wrong thing. I won't look perfect. And so that story is what is blocking me and holding me back in life. And what I really want to do is be able to just get up on stage and present something and talk like a normal person and not have to go through all of that. And so what I'm able to do, Janice, is now I'm able to look at the bodily sensations, look at my emotions, what I'm feeling, and look at the story I'm creating and objectively see, is that true? Is it not true? It's not true that everyone's going to laugh at me or think I'm stupid. It's made up in my head. And so then I'm able to change the narrative and then I'm going to feel more empowered because I have control over something in my life. That's part of that rewriting the story that you talk about so and clearing out that stress. So just by doing the breath work, by rewriting your story, that's going to help you alleviate all of that stress to help clear that out mm-hmm. is what it sounds like. And so when you work with your clients, then do you take them through step by step, like what you just described? Mm-hmm. And it could look like something like this. I mean, we won't do a whole breathwork practice, but I can, if you like to do a, just a short somatic awareness practice. Okay. Well, we'll just do a short one. Okay. okay. So Janice, I'd love to invite you to close your eyes and just drop into your body, take a deep breath and let it out. Notice your body, how it's feeling. And just now that you're grounded into your body, what sensations come up for you? I'm a little chilly right now. Okay, chilly. Mm -hmm. And what emotion do you think is connected to that sensation? How are you feeling? Mm, The emotion that I have with being chilly is that I'm a little more aware, awakened, because I think I want to seek a blanket. Okay. Okay. Now take that and move that up into your mind and think about, is there a story playing in your mind around that? Yes. I think, you know, if I'm cold and I want a blanket, I'm thinking I want warmth. I want security. I want to feel cozy, safety. Mm. Mm. And so can you see a connection between your felt sensation in your body feeling chilly and the emotion and then the story, the thoughts behind that, how are they connected? Just wanting safety and security. Mm, Okay. You need safety and security. Safety and security. Maybe that's Mm. a primitive feeling from being, thinking that, yeah, when you're exposed to the elements that you want shelter. Yeah, that's beautiful. So this is, yeah, good job, Janice. Thank you for participating. <laughs> That's just an example about how, how we can use this mind-body connection to really tap into our body awareness. And then what I could do then is ask someone, like if you wanted to journal about that, that need for safety and security, you know, and how is this blocking you in life? And, you know, if you 
were able to fulfill this need, how would that make you feel? All of these questions, then you could start to process some of the needs that maybe were hidden. Maybe you hadn't even realized that those were needs of yours. And so by processing them through talking it out, through journaling, and then maybe doing a breathwork session so you can go down a little bit deeper into mm -hmm. what that is, okay. then you could really bring it up and take a look at it. That's interesting. I was just thinking too about the safety, security, warmth. I'd like a cup of hot chocolate, I think, tonight <laughs> to go along with that. So I'm going to put a description in our description box. I will put your contact information. So if any of our listeners want to get in contact with you, they can do so through that link. Talk to you about uh, somatic breath work. Talk to you about empowerment coaching. I know we touched on your adoption story and about how maybe that played a part in you wanting to become an empowerment coach, because it sounded like maybe you didn't have that validation growing up. And so now that you're an adult and you have found validation through that self-love, then you want to help other people find that validation for themselves. Would that mm -hmm. be, would that be true? Yes, absolutely true. <laughs> 100%. I thank you so much, Claire, for being a guest here. And I think that we should do another uh, podcast where we could actually go deeper and maybe uh, invite somebody else to do some breath work. So if I have any listeners out there, please get in contact with Claire, get in contact with me, and we'll see if we can do a podcast where we include maybe four or five other people. I think that that would be very interesting to do. I love that idea and I, I'm all for it. <laughs> thank, thank you, Claire. You. Thank you, Jenny. This has been great.